0: A honeymoon cruise up the Nile leads to missing jewels and a dead body. Or should I say bodies? Only one detective can solve the case. The detective, Herklu Pro. The book, (laughs) Death on the Nile. And you're listening to Lit Society. Let's Let's get get lit. lit! And this is Kari. And you're listening to Lit Society, a podcast about books and a little bit of drama. Yeah. Hi, Kari. How's it going? Good. How are you doing? I'm making it day by day, one day at a time. How about you? Uh, Same. I'm exhausted, as uh, no doubt you are also. Um, But ready to get into this book. You dragged me to see this movie uh last weekend should we talk about the movie too as we talk about i think about we the- should talk about oh i think towards the end in the, okay in the wrap-up i think that would be a nice spot to talk about it okay so why don't good. we get started ready yes already each week we select a theme to discuss inspired by the book that we are reading this week the theme is travel the book egypt style <laughs> egyptian style <laughs> You know, we're going to Egypt. How exciting. I've never (laughs) been to Egypt. I'm ready. (laughs) Me either. Well, right now there is a travel ban. Okay. I mean, not a ban, but an advisory within the States. Okay. So you got to be careful if you're going to go there. Um, In this book, we go to Egypt, right? Death on the Nile. The Nile is in Egypt. So I thought it would be fun to look up places that are talked about a bit in the book all right, well, let's jump on to Egypt. Egypt is one of the earliest civilizations on earth and has more than 6,000 years of recorded histories. history. It's transcontinental in that it tra- straddles both Africa and Asia. And there are approximately 105 million people living in Egypt. Guess what, Kari? Most of them live near the Nile. So 95% of the people in Egypt live near the, the Nile. Do you Can you imagine why that might be? Sure. I'm sure that was um, a center for trade. Um, I know for sure it was in the olden days. And even now it is a source of um, commerce and income. So, of course, um, homes and towns pop up around the river, along the yeah. river. Yeah. Yeah. And I talked to a friend that's in London that's been that's in England and she's been quite a few times. And she said, every place else is a desert. (laughs) That is the best place to live. Mm -hmm. If you go farther away from the Nile, you just got desert. So the best place to live is by the um, Nile itself. So that's why it's there. Um, Cairo is the capital and the largest city in Egypt. Their official language is Arabic. Egypt is the driest and the sunniest country in the world. That's what it says. It rains during the winter months and their economy depends on agriculture, media, petroleum imports, natural gas and tourism. One popular tourist destination is The last remaining wonder of the ancient world. Do you know what that is, Kari? The pyramid! Yes, it's a pyramid. (laughs) It's the Great Pyramid of Giza. Yes, it's a very popular destination spot. So now that Beyonce went there, and they was mad because she had on the outfit from um, Get Me Body, and they was like, (laughs) "Um, "Respect the culture." I don't know if that's true, but that is kind of what I read. Moving on. <laughs> uh, okay. I take you at your word, okay? Um we're going to now that we're in Egypt, the trip begins with Tim Allerton and his mom, Mrs. Allerton, and they see detective Hercule Poirot. And they're at a hotel called what Kari? do you recall? Mm-mm. The Cataract Hotel. Yes, I the Cataract you. Hotel. <laughs> So the cat. See, I, I mean, I'm not going to ask you too many questions, but I, just a few, okay? I, I hope you read the book. Did you read the book? I'm so tired. Do I remember, Carrie's always I asking do, me that. I only remember. Did you read the book? <laughs> Did you read? the I book? I read it last week, and I'm okay. not Bring, I don't want to hear the excuses. Let's pause. We're going to move on, okay? All right then. All right. So at the Cataract (laughs) Hotel, they're having a little food and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And um, the Cataract Hotel is in Aswan, and that's located in the southern part of Egypt. And it's a busy market and tourist center. And it's a great way. A great way to visit Aswan is by cruise on and now. We'll get to cruises later. Some of the top attractions in Aswan, according to TripAdvisor, is the Aswan Market, the Nubian Museum, the Aswan Botanical Gardens, and the Aswan High Dam. Now, this dam was completed in 1970, and it has a one Billion dollar price tag, and it was used to control the Nile's annual flooding. So now they have a lot more control than they used to have. I would love to visit an Egyptian market.
1: That sounds yeah, amazing. Me too. And mm-hmm. they're
0: very common. Mm-hmm. So, do you think that hotel exists today? The Cataracts? The cat- I don't yeah. know. Yes, because you asked. You are right. <laughs> Very good. It exists as a Sofitel Legend Old Cataract. And it's oh, they're a cool. five-star hotel and it's said to be the most opulent in Egypt. I saw pictures. I believe them. Oh, okay? let me follow them on Instagram. So listen, the Cataract Hotel that was interesting to me because when I think of cataract, I think of eyes, right? <laughs> yeah, but exactly. that's not exactly what they're talking about. In a section of the book, it says this morning, two launches had conveyed all the party to the second cataract. I Do you know what the second cataract is? Mm-mm. Neither do I. So I had to look it up. I'm still not completely sure. And readers, if you know, please share me, enlighten me. There is a sec there are sections of the Nile where the water is fast moving and shallow, and it has small boulders and stones on the riverbed that make it difficult for boats to get around. And they call these areas cataracts. Mm-hmm. There are six of them. Two of them are submerged underwater over time. And then I think with the building of the dam that has some play into that. The rest of them are alive and well, but that those are cataracts and those are in along the Nile. Next in the book, they hop on a steamer called the Karnak to take them up and down the Nile. And you can do that, too, but (laughs) maybe not on the Karnak. (laughs) You could take a four to five day cruise, even a seven day cruise, depending on how much you want to pay on Nile River cruises, and there are plenty of them. Let's talk a little bit about the Nile. The Nile River flows some 4,100 miles until emptying into the Mediterranean Sea. And today, that river continues to serve as a source of irrigation, as well as an important transportation and trade route. The Nile River flows from south to north and I think that's uncommon. I don't know about that geography stuff. <laughs> so, me neither. Um, through Eastern Africa, it begins um, from the waters that flow in Lake Victoria. You heard of that? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. it empties into the Mediterranean Sea, as I mentioned before. And it is one of the longest rivers in the world. The Nile River. Not only does it flow through Egypt, but it runs through 10 other African countries, including Burundi, Tanzania, Rwanda, the Dominic excuse me, the Democratic Republic of the Congo, Kenya, Uganda, Sudan, Ethiopia and South Sudan. I'm telling you, that river wow. is long. So you said one of the longest rivers. It's not the longest, Okay. but yes, it says one of the longest. This is the National Geographic Society. Okay, so they says, well, then they know. I, I wonder what's them. Longer. Okay, I'm. They have um, taught me long enough. I can believe it <laughs> for real. <laughs> um, cruises on the Nile can go from the Aswan from Aswan to Luxor, and that's mentioned in the book as well. And they take four days on that trip, and then from Luxor to Aswan, five days. But you could choose, you know, your accommodations. There are like, one site I found has like um, four different cruise packages. They got a standard package, a deluxe package, a ultra deluxe package, and a luxury package. How much are they? Can we go? I think the lowest we'll price take the lowest I saw. Level. Uh-huh. I think the lowest was like three something. And then the highest was like $1,400 like per You know, night? Day. Yeah. That's not bad. $1,400 per day at the highest level? So it starts at that. It's starting. Oh, it starts at that? But yeah, I mean, that. I could see it though for like three days. No. Four days or five days. Okay. I mean, okay. And you can split that with somebody? Huh? <laughs> I mean, if I go by myself, I ain't splitting it with nobody. So $6,000 for four days. I split that with two. That's 3000 each. Why are we here? <laughs> Let's go. Because there's a travel advisory. I don't care. I ain't going to lie to y'all. I don't care. Nothing about okay. that. Go ahead. <laughs> Okay, so if we take Aswan, we talked about Aswan a little bit, and now we're here at Luxor because we've been on this fabulous five-day cruise, okay, Mm, or actually four days, and we arrive at Luxor, so let's talk about it a little bit. Um, It's a modern city, and from what I understand, the friend that lives in England says it's all very modern, it's all very modern. She ain't even all, been there. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Has she? <laughs> she said she's she said actually, I think she said they used to go sw- swimming. <laughs> okay. In the Nile? In Egypt. <laughs> <laughs> she's been to Cairo. Questions. She's okay. been to Cairo. So she's been there in some place well, else. Don't put me die. to the test. Okay. So she says it's very nice. And they used to make regular trips, but because of the travel advisory, they've not gone, she said. So um, I'm sorry I'm messing up your story if you hear me out there. Okay. <laughs> you could chime in and tell us at any time. Okay. So according to TripAdvisor, the top spots include Valley of the Kings. Are you familiar with Valley of the Kings, Kari? Mm-mm. Okay, so Valley of the Kings is, um, this is a valley that for a period of nearly 500 years from 16th to the 11th century BC, B. rock-cut tombs were excavated for the pharaohs and, power, uh, and powerful nobles. So it's just like a valley of, you know, tombs of dead people. Yeah. Yeah. But probably like... Um, Extravagantly uh, formed, yes, yes. That sounds yes. very interesting. There's, there's a Luxor Museum, and you can also find the tomb of King Tut there. Oh, I've been you, there in Vegas. Go oh. ahead. <laughs> okay, um I have. Gonna, no, it's just the so same. You know, <laughs> it's not that's good, that's not the same. No, it's however, not. the Luxor. Is named after the Luxor in Egypt. Of course. And they have a uh, fake uh, tombs and stuff. And yeah, that's what they do. The tomb of Nefertari Nefeta, is there. I <laughs> think Karnak Open Air Museum is there. <laughs> and you can get hot air balloon rides in Luxor. That sounds amazing. Doesn't it? I would love to go there. And if you just look at pictures, they're absolutely beautiful. So I've beautiful. been adding this up as you've been talking. If we start at the cataracts, um, that's about 6,000 a night. Okay. I looked it up. So we can split that. Then we <sighs> go get on this boat hmm. And mm-hmm. that's going to be about six, another six thousand. So we at twelve thousand now. Oh, okay. sure. Six thousand each. That's fine. We are going to spend money in the markets. We have already decided that. It's a so given. So that's another thousand each. You know, let's be real. We like things. Things. Just like one of the characters in the book. So let's things. say that's seven thousand each. Then we got to go tour the to Luxor. Of course. Mm-hmm. Of course. Maybe that's another thousand. But wait, we haven't been to Cairo yet. Oh, my goodness. So we're going to drop off in Cairo, okay, <laughs> which is an ancient city that is quite a modern metropolis, okay? Of Fast course, life, yeah. speedy life, big city life is what you're going to find <laughs> in Cairo. And according to TripAdvisor, you could pop off in there spend lots of money. There's museums to be seen. Okay. Always museums. Of course, the Nile River. Cairo Festival City Mall. Actually, there's a giant cave church there. I saw it on picture. It looks amazing. <laughs> um, City Stars Mall. Uh, and of course, you can make get lots of tour, private tours off to see like the Sphinx and All kind of stuff. And then camel rides. Would you do a camel ride, Kari? Of course. Yeah. So must do, must do, must Mm -hmm. do. So we done lived it up. But the book also mentions a few other spots. And I want to talk a little bit about those. Remember, oh, I don't want to go in too deep, but I will mention the place called Abu Sembel. Do you recall that place? No. I don't know if you're going to, did you really, did you read this book? I didn't take note of the places. (laughs) I was trying to figure out who committed the murder. Okay. Your area of focus is all wrong, (laughs) ma'am. All wrong. Anyway, this place, Abu Simbel, is two massive rock cuck temples that are in the village of Abu Simbel. And they are temples that are built as dedication to Ramesses' The second. The temples were relocated in 1959 so that they wouldn't be submerged underwater by the creation of Lake uh, Nasir, which was created as part of the creation of the high dam. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. So So this isn't um, global warming. This is a dam created a lake that happens. So they had time to move the temples first. Yeah, Mm, Yeah. interesting. Mm -hmm. They wanted to save them. It mentions Elephantine Island. And I think it's just mentioned once in the book. But Perot says, it enchants me, the black rocks of Elephantine and the sun and the little boats on the river. I like that line. Anyway, it's located right in the middle of the Nile River in Aswan. It mentions Nubia which is um, along the banks of the Nile between Egypt and Sudan, but really close to Aswan. And then the Wadi Hafa, which is a city in Sudan that's on the shores of Lake Nubia near the Egyptian border. So that was our little trip to Egypt. I love it. And we could head on out, fly back to the States if you want to, or we can stay (laughs) a little longer. Let's stay. I'm tired. (laughs) Okay, me too. <laughs> Why don't we take a quick break before Thank we you. jump into the context and author? Sure, let's do it. Okay. Christy books do you got some new information for us she's still problematic actually i'm gonna graduate her to soft racist (laughs) um that's about it (laughs) (laughs) that's about it (laughs) yeah yeah and this book kind of yeah fills that out makes it heavy for you yeah yeah yeah. it was like this is believe who people tell you they is the first time or something like that believe them believe them. Yeah, so all right, that's all then. I got on Agatha. But if you would like to know more about the author, Agatha Christie, I implore you to please visit season one of the Lit Society podcast where we reviewed what did we review? Oh! And then there were none. You can also find two more Agatha Christie's. This is our fourth. Can you believe it? No, um, the the murder of uh, right. Leonard Aykroyd. <laughs> That's right Roger Ackroyd Roger it was, Ackroyd, Roger Ackroyd. <laughs> not this man say, not, not the legend Star Trek <laughs> moving on and um thank you murder on thank the you. Orient Express so why don't you give us a brief synopsis sure without spoilers okay Suffering through his retirement, world-renowned detective Hercule Poirot stumbles upon a glamorous young heiress and her new husband. Quickly, he discovers a love triangle that ends in murder. Wealthy and beautiful. Wealthy and beautiful, the victim is not short of enemies. But the person who did the deed was especially close. Will Perot find the culprit before another life is tragically cut short? Alexis, Ooh. were your what were your first thoughts of Death on the Nile? Well, it's another Agatha Christie book, and I'm usually pretty excited to read her works still. Even though she's filling up the races. <laughs> <laughs> she's getting all the ticks on her race card, mm-hmm, uh, yeah. racist card. Um, so this is the fourth Agatha Christie book we've read again, which has been your favorite. <laughs> and then there were none. Who do you think would enjoy reading this book? Fans of Agatha Christie. And that's that on that. Yeah. You know what? I just learned a friend has... I think she said 17 copies, not copies, books but by Agatha books of Agatha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we love Agatha Christie It's loving her and stuff. And we obviously do because we can't stop reading about her. I mean, yeah. they're um, classics. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Don't look too much into the author. <laughs> or the stories she writes. But I was going to say, <laughs> just the story. You just yeah. pay attention to the story. Yeah. You'll see it just all come creeping out on you. Mm-hmm. So, Kari, are you ready to take a spoiler-filled deep dive into death on the Nile? No. However, I will uh, begin now. <clears throat> that sounds like a good idea. <laughs> okay. And I'm going to rely on you a lot for this um, deep dive as I am both exhausted and poorly prepared. Let's begin. (laughs) I also want to make a note, you guys. My audio book, I didn't read a physical copy. I listened to this book, and it was read by the remarkable David Suchet, the actor who played Perot on the famous BBC television show for 25 years. And then Alexis listened to uh, the one by the director-actor who's making the movies now based on the books. What's his name, Kenneth? Kenneth. no? sure Bernard, um, but we both liked our audiobooks so mm-hmm. there you go it's something to put in during your commute maybe shout here out here we go mm-hmm. part one beauty and bucks so lynette ridgway doyle is an unreal beauty she's got um like golden hair beautiful body and what's worse she's a millionaire She got golden hair? Yeah, they mentioned that a few times. Also, her body. Everyone's like, how dare she have such a wonderful shape? Little kids are like, (laughs) gaga, goo goo, ooh, the shape on her. So it's like, okay, we get it. She recently purchased a lavish estate with plans for renovation. She's kicking out... All the poor people who live on the land to make way for her swimming pool. (laughs) Listen, Lynette is old money. She's 20 years old and dating a man everyone expects her to marry within a year. His name is Lord Charles Windlesham. Also, um, Charles's family estate is like a little bit undone. He's like um, he's like a woman in a Jane Austen novel where you're wealthy, but somehow you're poor. So uh, (laughs) everyone, no one really knows his family's going broke, uh, which, you know, perhaps is part of the reason why he's so eager to marry Lynette. But only part of the reason because he does really love her. uh, Apparently. Also, forget him immediately because he is not going to play a huge part in this story. Um, Yeah, so there's also this gentleman that once owned the estate that Lynette just bought and he is really angry because she paid almost double for it Um, and that kind of hurt his pride. So the man who originally owned the estate that Lynette now owns, he fell into debt, money troubles and she gave him top price for his home and his land the devil she is. That's what people say. And you mad? Why you mad? I know. Take your money and run. (laughs) So men's prides are fragile. And this is later confirmed as we start our story with two men gossiping about her business (laughs) while watching her walk into a post office. It all seems wrong to me. One of them says money and looks doesn't seem fair. Which I agree with. I've said that before. Uh, Alexis told me. Yeah, so. you have. but I don't know <laughs> why that's a problem. <laughs> Back at the abode. So Lynette has this friend that's like part of the circle of wealthy people, but like is very uncouth. She tacky and um, a gossip. And her friend's name is Joanna. And Joanna is sitting in Lynette's room, basically rolling her body in all of Lynette's lovely possessions. <laughs> <laughs> She's like going through the girl's closet like, oh, how much this cost? This silk? Oh, this nice. She's yes, basically she is. Tiffany has. In this book. So <laughs> she's like, Are these pearls real? And Lynette's like, Well, yeah. She's like, Can I wear them just tonight? <laughs> and Lynette's that would like, be nice. um, sure, I guess they're insured. So it's not a big deal. Um, one thing that Joanna says that is poignant though, is like, Lynette, you have gotten everything you wanted in life because you're not just good looking, you're not just wealthy, but you're also intelligent. I wonder what will happen when you finally find something you can't have. Right, Alexis? Mm. She says this in so many words. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um... Now, Lynette has a friend that she met in convent school, or <laughs> I don't know if it's called convent school, a school run by convicts, which are also nuns. I don't not, know. Not so. convicts. No, no curry. Not convicts. convicts. They won't. So they got out of um, <laughs> school, and the friend's name is Jacqueline. Now, Jacqueline was of the upper crust, but then her family got broke. And now Jacqueline is like basically poor. She actually even has to work. So they grew up together. Um, Jacqueline's parents ran into money problems, as I said. um, And Jacqueline calls her wealthy friend for a favor. She calls up Lynette. But no, no, it's not for money. Um, Jacqueline's never asked for money, even though Lynette has tried to give her money. Um, Jacqueline's too proud and she just loves Lynette. She's like, I don't want you for your money. I don't even care about the money. But Jacqueline is in love now with an equally broke beau. She got hopes. a boyfriend. <laughs> Where's her boyfriend? And what does she want from Lynette? How, what does this have to do with Lynette, Alexis? <laughs> she want her boyfriend to be hooked up. Yeah, get, can you give him a job on your new property as like a land overseer, which I thought was uh, reasonable. Like if y'all mm-hmm. really broke, um, she says interview him and if he is garbage sack him right away but you're not going to sack him because you're going to love him he's amazing he's just um, something about the market a lot of people are broke right now and he's just one of those people he got let go from his job but he's a hard worker he's brilliant and I'm crazy about him and if he doesn't have a job we can't get married so please give him a job and we could like live on the property and see you all the time this is like my dream Lynette please that's Jacqueline where's like besties and Mm -hmm. this is be like the best thing ever for us to be together again because you know we don't see each other a lot now right so once Mm -hmm. I get married to my boo and you give him his job yeah we could be together all the time Elinette looks at Jacqueline and is like I love you girl but let me see him first (laughs) And now enters into the story, Hercule Perot. This book does a really good job in the first chapter of introducing us to the millions of characters in this book um, by hopping along (laughs) the timeline in a forward way. So as you meet each new character, time is progressing forward. And I'll explain that uh, a little uh, later. Uh, When we meet Perot, he's bored. He's depressed. Why? (laughs) Why? He's retired. And he's like it's true. Man invented work so they wouldn't have to think. And now all I got is time to think. So he's looking around this hotel that Alexis was um talking about earlier. And everyone looks so happy and he's like these poor young people, they don't know how miserable life is. Hmm. <laughs> um so he notices a couple across uh the room and um He's shaking his head at him because he notices how hopeless, how hopelessly in love the woman is. The man, it can't be said, although they both look really content together. The woman, Hercule reasons, cares too much. That woman is Jackie and the man is her beau, her broke beau, Simon. Mm. Looking at them now, Hercule doesn't know them from Boo, um, but he can just tell that this woman is lost in love and the man is more cool, reserved. Such emotion never ends well. That's what he's thinking to himself. And then we move along to um, (laughs) where we found ourselves sitting at a table with an older woman and a mama's boy of a son. (laughs) They're the Allertons. (laughs) So this is Mrs. Allerton and Tim Allerton. And although they're like, you know, yeah, mama's boy and the mom, they're kind of cute together. Like, yeah, um, it's not to the point where the mom is so jealous that she only wants her son for herself she would actually love for him to like go out and meet people. But they they're friends. It's like they're, friends. Yeah, they're she's really like, good friends. yeah. So Tim and his mom are really great friends. And she's like, you spending a lot of time with your second cousin. And y'all know when the cousins come out, <laughs> <laughs> somebody dating a cousin. Mm-hmm. So the mom is like, are you dating your cousin? Because I don't really like her like that for you and he's like Adam and no mom like you're the only woman I want to spend time with in the world she's like I wish it was more young people around here for you <laughs> <laughs> Like, even your mama think you need to go out and meet somebody. She said, Get something to do, son. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they're sitting at the table, and Tim is reading the gossip section to his mom out loud, which details how Lynette Ridgway Doyle, you remember her, the heiress from the beginning, the beauty we met, is engaged. What? To her. who is she engaged to, Alexis? The Simon Doyle. <gasps> Simon? Mmm, Jackie's Simon that's Jackie's right kids Simon. <laughs> the love of her friend's life <laughs> Lynette is now engaged to that person <laughs> that's the love of her friend's life <laughs> 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 Lynette has stolen her friend's man and they are soon to be married they will honeymoon for a month in Egypt yes okay well, we are then taken to a conversation between two men, one named Rockford and the other named Andrew Pennington. Now, pay attention to Andrew. Andrew seems to me, as I'm reading this, to be Lynette's uncle. He's not. He's like a play uncle. He was friends with her dad, and so he became quote unquote uncle Andrew to her. Andrew has just received notice that Lynette's married now. So we gonna skip the engagement day. Now married. Uh huh. And something about it seems to have upset both Andrew and Rockford's plans. So Andrew decides to catch up with Lynette in Egypt. So he's going to go to Egypt where she's honeymooning and pretend it's all a coincidence. And he had no idea she was going to be here. And that sounds like a plan. And he's off. That sounds now, shady. that sounds real shady, right? So what are you thinking right here? Like, Somebody gonna die because we already know it's gonna be a murder. Yeah, yeah, I think somebody's gonna die because why is he going and you know pretending like he didn't get that notice? That's seemed real suspicious. Mm-hmm. Why is he being deceptive? It's funny um, when we read the murder of Roger Ackroyd. I was shocked when someone got murdered, and I say <laughs> you dummy, it's in the title. <laughs> but now I was ready, <laughs> so I'm looking for who gonna do it. Okay. So uh, now to the Carmichael uh, people. So Carmichael Grant and Carmichael is a law office, or as Alexis would say, a barista office. William Carmichael and his nephew Jim are reading a letter from Lynette. So obviously these are Lynette's lawyers. Um, She's letting them know she ran into her trustee, Andrew Pennington, in Egypt. You see how he we went ahead. So first, Andrew was planning to go to Egypt. And then we are in the Carmichael, Grant Carmichael office. And he's reading a letter from Lynette like, hey, I just ran into Andrew. I love this. So the story just keeps pushing you along in time. And he's like, mm, now Lynette ain't no fool, but something about this is foolish. So mm. he calls his nephew into the room. Come here, boy. So the nephew (laughs) walks in. He's like, "Uh, yes, uncle. And he's like, would you like to go to Egypt? So Mr. Carmichael is sending his nephew, also Carmichael, to Egypt. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Guess who else is in Egypt with plans to run into Lynette and her new bridegroom? That's right. Jacqueline. So, <laughs> Jack- Jacqueline is on the shore waiting for them as they come up off of some uh, grand boat or something they own. And Simon, the new groom, is visibly angry and it looks like he might even hit Jacqueline. But then he notice, notices someone watching and he stops himself. Who is that someone? That's right. Hercule Perot. Um, because Perot is va- vacationing in Egypt. And truly, this is a coincidence. He's bored with his life and he's like, well, let me just travel for something to do. So Simon notices Perot, And before he like knocks Jackie out, he stops himself. Lynette whispers to Simon, what will we do? Jacqueline is like just showing up wherever they are like, hey, y'all, hey, (laughs) while they were dating and now on their honeymoon and she's just looking great and just like she don't do nothing. She's just like, hello. Like, okay, first it was weird, then it was sad, and now I'm a little scared. (laughs) So at dinner that evening, Lynette approaches Perot and she wants to hire him to get rid of Jackie in some legal way, you guys. Um, so everywhere her and Simon goes, Jacqueline follows Lynette can't stand it and doesn't feel she should have to put up with it. Perot tells her about a couple he saw only two months ago. And this is when we're made to understand how quickly time has went by, but how short that time period has been. So um, both the, the man and the woman were obviously in love, says Perot, but the woman even more so. That was only two months ago. She, the woman, was obviously completely devoted in a way someone who does not easily fall in love becomes devoted with her entire soul. Mm -hmm. The couple talked of getting married and honeymooning in Egypt. That was two months ago. P- P- Perot is like, um, you know who you is, uh, Lynette? You David, when he has stole Bathsheba from Uriah. <laughs> um, so don't expect any pity from me. I mean, did Jacqueline hit you? Is she, what? I don't know. And so Lynette is angry at the implication, and Perot gets to the point. If you felt innocent in your heart, like you hadn't done anything wrong, then Jacqueline's appearance would provoke Pity within you, mm-hmm. maybe annoyance, but you, Lynette, are neither um, full of pity for her or annoyed. You feel it's intolerable, and you feel this way because you feel guilty. Okay, mm-hmm. you feel guilty because you purposely, quote unquote, stole Simon away. You plotted. There, there had to have been a point when you knew you were going down a, an incorrect path, a wrong path, a path that would hurt someone you love. And you chose to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. So now this is the consequence of it or whatever. But, you know, it's not going to be able to do. However, I will have a word with Jacqueline. Not for you. Not for you. But in the interest of humanity. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Pearl uh, keeps his word and he has this private talk with Jacqueline. He like, girl. Yes, your man left you for your best friend, but you know, you young, you got your life to live. Go live it. However, she assures him that her father was a gangster and his (laughs) father was a gangster and she about that life. (laughs) She shows him a pistol she's been carrying and you like, she like, you thought it was a joke. Ain't no jokes around here. My name ain't first name Steve, last name Harvey. I'm Jacqueline. Say something. So, mm mm-hmm. So it's a small and discreet pistol that she shows Perot, like with her initials engraved on it. Mm-hmm. She bu- she bought it with the intention of killing either one of them, she says. I don't know which one I'm going to kill yet, but I'm probably kill one of them. Pick one. Um, <laughs> you pick. I don't really care. So while divulging her intent on evil, Jacqueline knows- notices like a man hiding in the shadows, listening to her conversation. And so she's like, oh! and then it's like <laughs> awkward. and. It is like that. It was like that. Too. And she's like, I just saw somebody um, while they was listening while I was divulging my plan to kill. And Pearl's like, whatever, it's dinner time. And I'm Belgian, Belgium. Wait, what are <laughs> Belgian people? Belgian? <laughs> I'm Dutch. Okay. Wow. Wow. Later, <laughs> later, Perot has a conversation with Simon. Simon is the man in this situation. And as he's talking oh, with him. Dog. <laughs> oh, look at is not on the side of the man. That's how you know <laughs> Simon wrong. They're wrong. So um Simon, um, Parole notices is an English man and is typical with English men. He's immature. Life's a game to him, and he's not taking this seriously. This is Perot talking, not me, y'all. Um, and so to Perot, everyone needs to take Jackie seriously because, you know, she got a gun and stuff. And, oh, Simon, she got a gun. And Simon's like, she wouldn't do anything with that gun. And Perot's like, mm, 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 mm. <laughs> Just as Jacqueline expected, Simon reaffirms to Perot that he left Jacqueline because he didn't love her more than she loved him. And it was making him feel trapped. This woman loved me too much. I can't be having somebody love up on me like that. Ooh. Just possessive. I'm sick of all the love you're giving me. <laughs> then the bright light of Lynette shone down on little old him and he was taken away in his love for her instead. It just couldn't be helped. And this is something that Lynette and Simon say that make this me angry. The came out. Okay. <laughs> And, you know, Jacqueline was like the moon. And who sees the moon when the sun is out? Not me. That's Not Simon. me. <laughs> Not me. But both Lynette and Simon are like dismissive of their involvement in this relationship. They're they- like, it couldn't be helped. They do not accept responsibility for their actions. Girl, nothing else could be done. We're all victims. So Simon discloses <laughs> to Perot per- 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 that Lynette and he, he's like, Perot, per- come here. Come here. Shh. Don't tell nobody. We going to leave early from this location and go to another one. Now, I know we could just go home, but we don't want to for whatever reason. And so we are going to give Jackie the slip. By enjoying our honeymoon at another location, he tells Perot the location. Not, I told you I didn't bother memorizing these locations, so we'll just (laughs) say another location. And Perot was like, Oh, mon ami. Oh, what a coincidence. I too am going to that location tomorrow. Okay. We're boarding in the Karnak, okay? That's oh, what we're going to do. Great job, Alexis. <laughs> <laughs> so they uh, board in the Karnak, and they'll be leaving Cairo together. They're in Cairo, right? No, I think they're still in Aswan. Attention, Alexis. Mm, Okay, okay. and (laughs) there will be there will be a few more tourists that they've met uh, wherever they are now that are also boarding that boat, Um, but not Jackie. So you know everything should be good. So on the boat away from wherever they were, I'll say Cairo. Alexis say it (laughs) says where it really is, but I don't remember. So Lynette and Simon look like joyous children. They're on the boat and they're like, "Yay, we got away from Jackie! Yay!" Um, they're, far, you know, far away, madly in love, except no. So Lynette turns around and who is standing there? looking at her in the face. Jacqueline, <laughs> the Jacqueline de fuck. How did she know they were leaving baby Cairo? Don't underestimate me. I'm in my mode. Okay. Mm-hmm. Don't so I'm do just it. dressed to the nines going, Hello. <laughs> and that's all she did <laughs> is tripping Lynette out. She's like, I can't live like this. I thought, how, how, how? So um, Le- Jacqueline's like smiling triumphantly in their faces. So Perot catches Lynette alone later that evening. And Lynette confides that she feels as if she's, you know, in a way she's never felt before, as if everyone hates her. And Perot is like, You mean Jacqueline? And Lynette's like, No, everyone hates me, except Simon, of course, but otherwise, everyone hates me. I'm too wealthy. I'm too beautiful. I have too many enemies. So now we get to know everyone on the boat. Okay. So all of those people we met at the beginning of the story are on this boat. And uh-huh. um, problematic queen Agatha Christie does a great job of um, isolating. The uh, murderer, the victims and the investigator. She did this in um, and then there were none, of course, which is not a parole book, but um, follows the same type of, um, you know, crafty machine type of uh, writing. So anyway, everyone is isolated on the boat. That mother and son combo, um, Allerton and Mrs. Allerton and Tim. They're on the boat. So they sit down for like probably tea. And there is a list of all the guests at the table, which okay. I found odd. Like, is that what they used to do? Yeah. Which makes sense. So you could get to know everybody. They want everybody to get to know each they other. They were Small social. Party. They were truly social events. The cruises today are so big. You wouldn't have that roster. But then they were smaller. It was just a select few elite people taking those trips. And elite is a great word. There are small, smaller elite cruises like that now that are very expensive. But I don't know if they give you a guest list, but maybe anyway. Um, Mrs. Allerton and Tim are sitting looking at the guest list and they like trying to guess um, <laughs> what everyone does, what their life is like. You know, they be in little shady boots. It's fun. Um, They're so fun. The, <laughs> yeah, they are fun. But then. um, Mrs. Allerton is like, hey, Perot, you famous. I know you got some um, good juicy murder stories for us. Come sit down. And Perot's like, oh, I'm not going to do this, but I will sit down with you. And so when Perot sits down at the table with Tim and Mrs. Allerton, Tim gets uncomfortable and is very rude to Perot. And I'm like, oh, Tim ain't no good. So Mrs. Allerton, Tim and Perot are sitting at the table and they're recalling a time when some um, jewelry was discovered to be fake. At someone's home that Tim was visiting. Right. Store that away. Okay. And then there's an incident where they all get off of their boat and they're sightseeing, and a boulder comes from the top of a hill and almost runs over Lynette. And allow me to insert that this is Abu Sabel. Oh. The boulder is knocked off from the giant tombs that were dedicated to Ramesses II. Thank you. Okay. Um, so I love that context. Um, the thing is, while that was going on, Jacqueline wasn't even in the area. She was still on the boat. So mm-hmm. she came off it, off the boat in a cute little outfit and everybody looking like, <laughs> wait, you ain't the one that pushed that boulder? Then who did it? And she's like, hey, everybody, I don't know what's going on. Why are y'all looking at me? And she walks away. Okay. Now, a little more time passes and um, Lynette, And everyone's back on the boat and Lynette has decided that Simon loves her. She loves him. And they're going to stop caring about Jackie. It's really unfortunate that she's chosen to act in this undignified way, but they're not going to let it stop them from enjoying each other and enjoying their lives. When Jacqueline realizes that they don't seem to care anymore, she becomes visibly distraught and she starts drinking Okay. You know what? I'm just, I'm very upset that they keep calling her undignified as if their behavior, their behavior is not the epitome of no dignity. And this is the part of the podcast where Alexis tries to justify the wrongdoing. However, yes, they are both wrong in this case. but I mean, what Jackie's doing is undignified. She should go live her life. Both of these people are trash, obviously. Stop getting dressed up just to show up where we are. That's crazy. Is it bad though? is it? She ain't doing <laughs> but you're right wrong. they're very <laughs> they're they're acting like we're victims. And I mean, they kind of are. They are not victims. They are not. They dirty. They low down dirty. And uh, so this is the point of the story where all of that is put on pause because they shooting. (laughs) They shooting, y'all. So like I said, Jackie gets drunk and then Jackie or Simon are arguing and then Jackie is like, I I forget what she says, but Simon is like, you know, you're trash and I'm so happy. I'm relieved that I never married you. You are a nuts. And so she takes that beautiful little gun she has out of her purse and shoots Simon. But he's not dead because she shot him in the leg. She was generous. I didn't go through all the characters. However, uh, you should know that there is a Mr. Fanthrop who is on the deck and says that, um, you know, he can help. What Simon's like, um, go get the doctor for me, Mr. Fanthrop. Um, and please get a nurse for Jackie. There is a nurse on board um, because she's going to be filled with regret and I don't want her to hurt herself. So Simon seems so mm, noble. He's the one shot in the leg and he's like, everybody go take care of everyone um, and leave me. G- give me a doctor. But, you know, <laughs> worry about Jackie because just she's just a kid, you know. And she didn't know what she was getting into. While Simon is brought to Dr. Besner's cabin for treatment, Mrs. Boyer, who's like the quote unquote nurse, gives Jackie a morphine injection so that she doesn't hurt herself. And then they rest until the next morning, both Jackie and Simon in their respective rooms. Cause Jackie's like, I, can't, I love him. How could he'll never love me now? Which that's likely cause you shot him. So, you know, that happens. Well. Anyway, too. <laughs> he deserved his <it> stuff. <laughs> There's also a, a request made quickly after Simon is shot um, for Jackie's gun to be retrieved because Simon doesn't want, you know, there to be an investigation and then Jackie to get in trouble. So someone goes to get Jackie's gun, which was like kicked under the sofa or some type of seating arrangement at the time, but no one can find it. Like the gun is now missing. dun. Okay? dun, dun. Mm Hmm. Simon is also like, please don't tell my wife (laughs) because this is all like, it's too much. So I just wish it didn't happen. It happened, though. So just look after Jackie. Don't tell my wife. Get me a doctor and someone please find that gun. Well, the next morning. Lynette is found dead in her cabin. Oh, my goodness. That's sad. Now. All of this occurs and I'll say the first third of the book. The first yeah, third maybe. That's a good yeah. thing to say. And then in typical Christie fashion, we bring all of the characters out like pus out of a pimple and we <laughs> dissect each and every one. When at this point I'm like, I know what happened. Did Do you, you? you think what did you think? At the, remember, Lynette is just shot. What, what did you think happened at this point? So Who do you think I shot Lynette? I just love to take stories page by page. Okay. I don't make predictions. <laughs> I just go along and try to keep up and say, mm, maybe they did it. So I don't I like have anybody that. for you. That's right. You're escaping in the story, not trying to figure it all out or whatever. You're you're enjoying the way it was written. Okay. Well, let me describe the scene to you guys a little bit. So, um Lynette's laying in the bed. There's a burn mark on her temple, which means that the gun was held very close to her skin, and there's a J written in what is assumed to be blood in the wall across from her bed. <laughs> So um, despite Jackie's threats prior to her death, the doctor explains that Jackie could not have been the killer. Um, neither could Simon, of course, because he was under the doctor's care the whole night. But everyone else can be a suspect, per, um reasons. That's a lot so, of people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And everyone seems guilty. The Pearls... Um are also lost, like Lynette's pearls are stolen. Um, but then they're found, but then Perot discovers that the found pearls are actually fakes. So you didn't think anything at this time? No, no, I'm still just following this, all right. So like we said, um, Tim Allerton and Mrs. Allerton are so, um, I mean, they're, the, they're the, the son-mother team, but they're cute, like they're fun to be around in the book. And at this point, I'm like, oh, no, Tim killed her. I don't think to steal the pearls, but something went wrong. He obviously killed her because that little comment about how the jewelry at the woman's house he was at was fake. I was like, he switched them out or something. Mm. So do you have a killer in mind at this point? Yeah, I'm thinking it's him. I'm thinking Tim Allerton and I hate it, but um, Tim Allerton must have done it. Spoiler alert. He did it <laughs> um, <so, laughs> during the search for the pearls and the murderer, too. Now we got two things we're looking for. Of course, the murder takes uh, precedent. Tim is found with personal letters from that cousin that his mom is like, please don't marry. That cousin is also was also one of Lynette's close friends and a relative. Um, Well, not a relative. I'm sorry. Um, Tim's cousin was also a close friend of Lynette. As introduced earlier, that cousin was very close to Lynette. They shared many moments together and they visited one another quite often. Also, Stewart's she said h- she's on the come up. She don't believe in um, right. penniless friends. So no, that's that wasn't her. That's is. Joanna. Oh, I thought Joanna is the cousin. Oh! <laughs> Joanna is the cousin. She I'm do not so so- do poor people. Yeah, I'm so slow. So the, the uncouth friend at the beginning of the story that was like rolling around and Linette stuff and was like can I borrow these pearls that is Joanna that is Tim's cousin Joanna yeah Mm -hmm. well I'm gonna um this of course our deep dives always include spoilers but I feel like I need to um spoil it bit by bit as we investigate each subject um suspect okay so Tim Allerton I'm like he did it well you guys Um, As Alexis was uh, um, telling us just a moment ago, Joanna made the comment that I don't keep friends with troubles because sooner or later they're going to come to you (laughs) with their troubles. And who got time for that? And I might sound cold. (laughs) <laughs> she was like but everyone feels that way you know they just pretend like they're good people and then one day they're like i couldn't hang out with bobby sue or joe because they <laughs> troubles changed them it really is a, ch- a shame <laughs> um so that uncouth woman is tim's cousin and she borrowed the pearls so that uh, Tim could make a copy of them without ever having been connected to them. He then arranged to um, swipe them on this boat. So again, spoiler, Tim, his, his um, plan was never to kill anyone and he indeed did not kill anyone, but he did steal those pearls. Perot figures this out. And the real pearls are handed back to Pearl. Tim's also like, I'm like into somebody on this boat and I want her to marry me. It's Mm -hmm. two couples that get married on this murder boat. I don't know. They falling in love and dating around the bodies. It's a murder cruise, not a (laughs) boat. (laughs) We doing it big time, honey. (laughs) So Tim is like, if she ever finds out, you know, she might not marry me. Um, she does find out, by the way, and she's very forgiving. He, Tim even tells his mom and no doubt his mom forgave him also. And Pearl is like, you know what? You you just, you all, um, boys will be boys. Yeah. No one will tell. <laughs> so one of the things that I wonder about Agatha Christie and her writing is how she is so forgiving of some crimes, but the unforgivable <laughs> is murder. But the other things you could do whatever you want pretty much in her life, except murder somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Cause then she's going to put you in a hotel and <laughs> uh, make you be the last one to die by hanging yourself. Yeah. Um. Okay. So Tim's off the hook. Yay. Remember that play uncle, quote unquote, uncle Andrew Pennington. Yeah, Andrew Pennington. So he has his money tied up with her family. Um, And remember how we were saying the stocks weren't doing so good Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of people were losing money, losing their fortunes. Well, he was doing some things to kind of like it sound like it could be a Ponzi scheme, whatever was going on. He was using money to retain his money. Um, without it being founded on anything. So the problem with that is when Lynette got married, there was this transfer of ownership of all this wealth from her father to her because it either transferred to her on her 21st birthday or when she got married and she got married so quickly they were um, Andrew was planning for the 21st birthday money transfer but not the quick wedding in two months transfer so he like you gonna get all this money and figure out I've been kind of robbing you with intention of paying you back but I ain't got no money so I can't so not gonna happen ma'am I'm gonna fix you (laughs) So um, Perot is like, you didn't want Lynette to find out that you were embezzling money from her estate. So you had her killed. (laughs) And Andrew's like, "Uh, first of all, you're right. I didn't want her to know. (laughs) (laughs) Second of all, I didn't kill her, though. I did kind of push that boulder on her, but she didn't die. So I'm off the hook. Right. (laughs) Can I leave? He said, I'm an opportunist. I just, I don't be like out trying to purposely do it. But if an opportunity right. come up, I'm going to take advantage. And that boulder was an opportunity. And I took advantage, but she didn't die. Can I go? Please? And of course you like, can. Yeah, <laughs> just pay back with money you ain't got, what you taken. taking. And he's like, definitely. I'll definitely do that. Okay, bye. <laughs> So he didn't do it. Now, I didn't touch on this, but back when Joanna was rolling around in Lynette's stuff, a maidservant came in and was like in tears. And then she left the room, and Joanna's like, What was wrong with her? And Lynette is like, Oh, poor thing. She was engaged to a man. I felt like I should take it upon myself to investigate who that man was. Turned out he had a wife and two kids. And when I told her, she was just completely uh, torn up about it, Poe Baby. And the and way they like, wedding is off, of course. And their wedding is off, of course. Right? And Joanna's like, "Ooh, Lynette, girl, I know you got some enemies." <laughs> and Lynette's like, "What me?" <laughs> so anyway, another man on this boat is that ex fiance. Yeah. But he didn't do it either. He is mad. He definitely hated her. Like he was like, the woman business. I married was like a dark woman from over here. And then she went back to her people and I didn't see her. So I can marry whoever I want. That's not how it works. <laughs> that's um, but that's saying, how he felt. She would have never been the wiser. I would have took yeah. care of her and loved her. Forget that other woman. I don't know her. And my <laughs> children. <laughs> and my children. Forget the them children. Too. Mm-hmm. Okay, now we could talk for another three hours and I could take you around in circles like Christy does to us. But instead, let's get to who really did it, shall we? And for you, love would have been enough, but not for him. You might put it that way, perhaps, but you don't quite understand, Simon. You see, he's always wanted money so dreadfully. He liked all the things you get with money. Horses and yachts and sport. Nice things, all of them. Things a man ought to be keen about. And he'd never been able to have any of them. He's awfully simple, Simon is. He wants things just as a child wants them, you know, terribly. All the same, he never tried to marry anybody rich and horrid. He wasn't that sort. And then we met and, and that sort of settled things, only we didn't see when we'd be able to marry. He had rather a decent job, but he lost it. In a way, it was his own fault. He tried to do something smart over money and got found out at once. I don't believe he really meant to be dishonest. He just thought it was the sort of thing people did in the city. A flicker passed over her listener's face, but he guarded his tongue. There we were, up against it, and then I thought of Lynette and her new country house, and I rushed off to her. You know, Mr. Pearl, I loved Lynette. Really, I did. She was my best friend, and I never dreamed that anything would ever come between us. I just thought how lucky it was she was rich. It might make all the difference to me and Simon if she'd give him a job. And she was awfully sweet about it and told me to bring Simon down to see her. It was about then you saw us that night at Chez Monte. We were making whoopee, although we couldn't really afford it. She paused, sighed, and then went on. What I'm going to say now is quite true, Mr. Perot. Even though Lynette is dead, it doesn't alter the truth. That's why I'm not really sorry about her, even now. She went all out to get Simon away from me. That's the absolute truth. I don't think she even hesitated for more than a minute. I was her friend, and she didn't care. She just went ball-headed for Simon, and Simon didn't care about her. I talked a lot to you about glamour, but of course that wasn't true. He didn't want Lynette. He thought her good-looking, but terribly bossy, and he hated bossy women. The whole thing embarrassed him frightfully, but he did like the thought of her money. Did you see that coming, Alexis? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I, I, Mm -hmm. I, I I mean, wow. Okay? Yeah, so um, Simon and Jackie conspired to kill Annette in the most dramatic way possible. While, um, and um so, is your drama, okay? Yeah, so Jackie did indeed fire a shot at Simon, but somehow it got neatly wedged like under a table or something and Simon removed it when no one was looking. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> and when he uh, was like, go get help, go get help, he actually was fine. And that's when while everyone left the room, he ran, killed his wife, came back to the room, covered the gun with the cloth or with a shawl, shawl shot himself in the leg, threw the gun overboard and was really bleeding this time. And then he asked for Jackie to be brought to him. Um, everyone thought that was to console her for having shot him. Really, it was for them to go. <laughs> And Perot figured it out. Mm-hmm. That's what so, happened. So <clears throat> Jackie then killed the maid, Lynette's maid, because the maid saw um, Simon go into Lynette's room and assumably kill her um, and tried to blackmail Simon. And so um, Lynette, uh, I mean, Jackie off the maid. Mm -hmm. And this was really well done because as Perot is investigating everyone, he allows um, Simon to remain in the room while he investigates or questions Lynette's maid. And Lynette's maid is like, if I had went upstairs for a smoke in the middle of the night, I would have seen somebody enter Lynette's room and kill her. But I didn't. (laughs) And then Simon is like, don't worry. No one is accusing you. Um, I will take care of you. Nothing is gonna happen to you. I will take care of you. And what they're really telling each other, she's saying, "Simon, I saw you do it." And he's like, "Don't worry, I'll pay you." And, and she's this like, is the code goody, goody. they're speaking in. I don't know nothing. Yeah. Her clue, no. <laughs> Right. <laughs> <laughs> this is the code they're speaking in in front of Perel, and he figures it out. Figures it out. So anyway, the steamer docks, and then um, everyone gets off um also in this story there's like a police officer yes a bunch of dead people but there's also a police officer looking for um a perpetrator from another crime he finds him it's an italian again which makes you think i don't know why is it always a guilty italian i'm tired agatha um so um jackie is like seeing Simon face to face for the first time since their um, plot, their murder plot was revealed by Perot and she bends down as if to tie her shoelaces before removing a gun and shooting Simon in the head. Jackie then looks at Perot and aims aims the gun to her own chest and kills herself. Mm. Perot is like, yeah, I knew they was going to do that. I knew she was going to do that. I felt this was a better way out for both of them. Mm. Should we take a break? Let's. Okay, let's do it. And we're back. (laughs) (laughs) Alexis, what did you think of Death on the Nile by Agatha Christie? And would you recommend this book? Okay, so... You know she has so many characters, and this is our third Agatha. Uh, her role. Oh yes, book. yes, yes, and they mm-hmm. all have so many characters. That's starting to get to be too much for me. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. Throw away characters, characters you don't never have to care about. Mm-hmm. And, stop and, that, Agatha. Well, you gonna stop it now? I bet because you did. Yeah, and it's too... <laughs> wow (laughs) it's when you're listening i think that's absolutely too much it's too much so i've been listening to books for a a while it's been hard to get in sit and read a book and that has been insane yeah and i miss it and it's affecting me i like i need to go back to reading Girl, you told anymore. me my favorite character, who is Joanna, was the cousin. Now, <laughs> only because I, I, I read the I book. Knew, I knew he his cousin's name was Joanna, and I knew Joanna was the friend at the beginning of the book, but I didn't pe- put that together for some reason. And it makes so much sense because she borrowed the pearls, Yeah, duh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh. it, and it's only because I read the book, but... um, so I enjoyed this story, but the characters are getting out of hand. Okay, it's too many characters. <laughs> too many well, characters. Well, you know, right, Agatha? Let her know we won't stand for it. <laughs> <laughs> also, all this race stuff—we don't like it. And You're racist. You got a problem with Italians? We we see it, mm-hmm. and we don't like it. Mm-hmm. And, and just the little, the little name calling of people. What those things? Some of it is funny, but that's then- funny. <laughs> Please continue with the name calling. <laughs> What a- Simon said, and I don't like it when they're in those bathing suits. <laughs> Wait, say it clearly. So um, so Tim, Tim, Tim. is sitting with his mama and she- he like, mama, you so fine. But these other women, what he say? So- when they in their swimsuits. He said they need to stop wearing them and it fends his senses. Something like that. He was very <laughs> um, angry about it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's hilarious. So I would <laughs> recommend it. If you love Agatha Christie, you'll love this book. Um, and you can still get lost in the story because there's so many directions to go. Um, and Lost was, in a good way, though, right? Lost or? in a good way. Lost yeah. in a good way. And I did like this one a lot. I like the Nile because I, I was able to take in the imagery and see how beautiful it was and some the little parts where she describes the scenery. She doesn't do it a lot, but when she does, I really enjoyed that. So yeah, same here. Yeah. So I, I do and did enjoy the book and I would recommend it. How about you, Kari? Would you um recommend this book? And what is your final verdict? Yeah, there are too many characters. I'm not a huge fan of Perot only because I feel like he pulls um evidence from outside of the story. And that's not fair to the reader. However, I don't think that was really done in this story. Mm-mm. I think everything that's mentioned was part of the universe of death on the Nile, the book. Yeah. Um, so I really like that. That is something that I can follow as I'm reading. Um. I will say if out of the four books we read, this is my second favorite, Agatha. Um, my least favorite is probably Murder on the Orient Express just because there are way too many people in it. It was the same. This was like Murder on the it Orient was. Express on water. Mm-hmm. And Perot even notices it. He's like, hey, reader, do you think this is like Murder on the Orient Express? <laughs> Me too. Maybe they all did it. And he's like, nope, that's not this. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay. It is and we're really running good, out of though. ideas. But it was well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would recommend it. I really enjoyed it. I've read it like, Or I've listened to it almost twice, um, which sounds like nothing. But you know, we're really busy. So I made time to do that because I enjoyed the story so much. And the way that it was read, I thought Suchet did an amazing job with his voices. And I think I'm going to listen to the one you listen to. They're all available on Hoopla. So don't do like me and get them on Audible. Right. That's silly. And I'll be returning it. <laughs> uh, the book and both audio versions are available on Hoopla for free. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's that on that. Yeah. I recommend it. Wow. What a doozy. It was a good book for sure. Um, what are we reading next week, Kari? Oh, I'm reading this right now. This is your pick, A Good Girl's Guide to Murder. Yeah. mm-hmm. Thank. I'm really enjoying it, by the way, guys. I don't want to step on next week's verdict, but read it or listen to this one also because it has a full cast, cool cast. And I love when audiobooks do that. Mm-hmm. And it's YA. And I don't know. I might prefer YA. At this time in my life, everything's so serious. There are things we don't talk about on this show going on in our lives and in the world and everything's just so heavy. So to read a YA murder mystery, mm-hmm. it's been a delight. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> I love hearing that. That's great news. Uh, thank you for listening to Lead Society. We look forward to meeting up with you next week, Thursday, right here. Same bad time, same bad channel. This <laughs> Society is brought to you by Alexis Anaria and Kari Herrera. Support That's the me. cause by leaving a five-star review for our show on Apple Podcasts, along with a comment about why you absolutely love us, because we, we love, love you too. too. If you are listening over the Spotify, <laughs> be sure to give us a five-star <laughs> rating as well. If you enjoy what you've just heard, tell a friend about Lit Society. Visit LitSocietyPod.com for show notes this month's book list. And to sign up for our amazing email newsletter. And until next time, readers, read something. Read something.